Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti. Welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. The Super Bowl is set. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a ton of storylines. Andy Reid versus the Eagles. Brother versus brother. Travis Kelsey, the all-pro tight end for the Chiefs. Versus Jason Kelsey, the all-pro center for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, they're actually not on the field at the same time, but you get it. Two brothers on opposite teams. First time in NFL history in a Super Bowl. Two number one seeds. It hasn't happened since the 2017 season. The Super Bowl after that year was the Eagles and the Patriots. And Philly won that one. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Looking forward to what should be a very exciting week in Arizona. I'm headed out there Sunday. Big news. Once again, he steals the show during the playoffs. Tom Brady retires. This time for real, or he says... It's for good. I believe it. I didn't think it was all that unexpected. More on that later. We have two special guests, two-time Super Bowl MVP, Eli Manning, joins me. I believe Eli is the first five-time guest on this AP Pro Football Podcast. Always enjoy chatting with Eli, who, by the way, beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Eli's going to share some insight on preparing for the game, as well as How you can win two tickets to next year's Super Bowl in Las Vegas through a campaign with Quaker, the official oatmeal sponsor of the NFL. So stay tuned to find out and to hear from Eli. Also, Micah Bell, she's an associate counsel at the San Francisco 49ers and a 49ers Foundation prep flag coach. She joins me to talk flag football and share what the Niners are doing with this. It's an awesome growing sport. My girls just played their first flag football game last Friday, so I'm passionate about it. The Niners, along with the Chargers and Rams, are supporting on Friday the California Interscholastic Federation's vote to make girls flag football a varsity high school sport in California. The Niners also will support the San Francisco Metro League this year. Their support comes with the partnership of Nike, who will provide the flag team with new custom jerseys. The 49ers Foundation Prep will also highlight a coach and player of the week online and on social channels to amplify the talent of the flag team. There's hard knocks coverage of the San Francisco Metro League. That will also be captured. I think that's pretty cool. Like hard knocks coverage. Love that. 49ers Foundation Prep will host a summer skills camp for all flag football players with a focus of getting the San Francisco Metro League involved. And the organization also will host the Think Gold Conference and focus on involving the San Francisco Metro League. You'll hear more from Micah. Here's that conversation. Micah, it's great to talk to you. And I'm really excited to hear about how flag football has been a major influence on your life. My daughters, my nine-year-old twin girls, had their first flag football game on Friday. So before I ask you anything, I need some advice, like parental advice. (laughs) It's co-ed flag football, okay? Nine-year-old girls playing against what we show up to see is like there's a bunch of boys on the other. My daughter's team is predominantly like girls and, and boys who aren't all that they're not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> this other team, they were big boys. Like they've been, they're throwing 40 yard passes. Our team's just like handing off the entire game. So that's fine. My one girl, Melina, her first handoff, she gets tackled in flag football by a boy and bounces right back up. And I was so proud of her for doing that, that I just kept my mouth shut on the sideline. How would you have reacted getting tackled on your first ever play in flag football. What is that? Why are boys tackling girls? 
Honestly, my reaction would have been the same. You just get back up, dust yourself off and get back to the huddle. Try it again and just keep moving forward, honestly. I mean, I always look at flag football as being the great equalizer sport. So if we're playing co-ed football, you have to just go in just as tough, if not tougher than the boys. I like that. And it's an opportunity really to show what you're made of, right? It's an opportunity for that. Hey, once you're on the ground, once you're on that field, it's equal. It's oh, equal yeah. footing right here. I'm going to come at you. And and he actually, so as he tackles her, uh, he dies for her legs. His 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 face hit her elbow and, and she fell too. So I was like, all right, you know, it was a, it was a little, it, it wasn't quite a stiff arm that she gave him. I might have to teach her a little bit, watch some Derek Henry. Uh, you know, he's the master of the stiff arm. I think this week we're going to do a little film study. That's how Derek Henry does it with, with the stiff arm. But tell me a little bit what flag football has, has meant to you and the influence that it's had on your life. Well, flag football for me, I've been playing for almost 10 years and it's really just given me a sense of community. It is another form of exercise for myself, you know, not being in the gym all day, every day and just being able to get outside. And I feel like a kid again, whenever I hit the gridiron, I'm just, you know, catching passes, pulling flags, like all of the things. And I love, love, love the fact that I get to play with my husband. That's actually how we met was through flag football. Yes, we met each other in 2018 at a national conference down in Florida. And both of us play flag football. And that's essentially how we've connected. And I just absolutely love everything about it. And when we moved here in 2020, that was the first thing that we did. We got on Instagram, Facebook, trying to find Bay Area flag football leagues for adults. What can we do? How can we connect with people being new in this area? And flag football has provided that sense of community for the both of us for almost three years now. What position do you play in flag? Oh, gosh. I pretty much play all the positions. Um, When I'm playing in my women's contact league, I have played quarterback. I've played on the line. I've played uh, cornerback. I've played linebacker. Pretty much anywhere you put me, I can play it. Right now, I'm really getting used to snapping the ball. So working on, on my center snaps right now. I I saw that that was a difficult thing for young kids to learn (laughs) in the first game. What I didn't realize is once the ball hits the ground, the play's Mm -hmm. dead. So the first three plays from scrimmage for my daughter's team, the three snaps, they just did the shotgun snaps didn't work out so well. So it was uh, whistle, whistle blew. I I wasn't the coach. I would have suggested under center rather than shotgun, but that that's okay. Now you said something about your women's contact league. How, do, how does that go? How, like, what, what are the differences in rules there? So for women's contact, we play eight versus eight and we have three, typically three to four down linemen. Um, and then you have everyone else that's on offense and we can do pretty much everything in regular tackle football with the exception of actually tacking someone. We can block, um, we can jam at the line, all of those things. So it gets a little intense out there. No doubt. Are you, are you wearing any kind of, of protection then in, in those cases, like I, not shoulder pads, but like braces and knee pads. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. We are wearing mouth guards. So wow. we're protecting our teeth and that's about it. But I have been tossed like a rag doll out there. I have, you know, shifted some people out of the way in order to make room for the running back coming behind me. It's really intense, but it's exciting. It is really exciting to play and watch. 
Well, I love how the NFL has embraced flag football and, and I've spoken to league executives um, over the past year. And I know that Troy Vincent is really on the forefront of the the movement and what the league is trying to do as far as hopefully trying to get flag football as an Olympic sport for the 28 games. And it's it's really an opportunity for people from all around the world to just like fall in love with this sport of the NFL and the, the sport of football. So from your perspective, the San Francisco 49ers and what you guys are hoping to get behind now with the vote in California to make it a, a varsity sport, um, tell me a little bit about the initiative and, and your hopes and your, your, your vision. Well, right now we're actively supporting a positive outcome for this vote that's happening on Friday. And we really want to see more engagement with young girls, women athletes, and with all the things that we're doing, we're hosting jamborees. We have the support of our general manager, John Lynch, um, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. Like there's so many people that really want to see women athletes become more at the forefront, especially in the game of football. Traditionally, you see it's a man's sport, but now more young women are getting involved. And that's something that we're really trying to promote and putting together all of these different programs so that we can have more female engagement and hopefully get a lot of our young women athletes to those Olympic Games in 28. Um, I think that there's an upward trajectory of where we're going with that. And I'm looking forward to see how we can continue to grow this sport day in and day out. Mike, as you talk about putting women in the forefront, I've spoken to some women in the league office, like Sam Rappaport, too, who said, hey, the NFL has always been the the interest for women has been like to make it where oh, there's pink jerseys or there's bedazzled this or whatever. And she doesn't want it to be that way. And I understand her perspective and her viewpoint like, hey. Treat us and look at us as like the normal fan. You know, you don't have to change the color of the uniform. You don't have to do anything special to gain my interest. Uh, do you feel that way about it and about football? Um, overall, I feel the same. I just want to be treated as anyone else. You know, we don't necessarily need the the frills and the foo foo and all those other like really typically girly things. We just want to be cre- treated as equals. That's essentially it. No matter what role, whether you're on the business side or if you're on player, the player development, player operation side, we just want to be treated as equals and have the same opportunities as everyone else. How have you seen the younger generation, the young kids, especially as now there's the movement and there's the push and the vote to make flag football a, a varsity sport? How have you seen them embrace this this opportunity and, and really like flock to the game? Oh, they are excited. We actually hosted a jamboree last fall and there was a young lady. Her name was Ellie. I have never seen as much passion from a young girl in this game as I saw with her. She is all of like four foot 11, but she had the heart of a six, five NFL athlete. Okay. (laughs) She was so excited of, you know, just seeing women coaches out there and asking so many questions about the game techniques and really wanting to do, develop and grow her game, but also wanting to take this game, bring it back to her high school to share it among other young female students and say, look at this. This is something that we all can do. Let's do it. Let's practice. Let's get better. Let's get stronger. And let's be excited about it. And I definitely felt that passion from her. So seeing young ladies like her, it's the icing on the cake for me. So from a a father perspective, I love it. From a sports person perspective, I love it. I don't even know what it 
why it's even a question. I don't understand the politics or the education department side to that. Are you encouraged? Are you positive that this is you're going to get the outcome that you're looking for? 1000%. There are so many different forms of support that I have seen. I play with a lot of individuals that were D1 athletes. Um, I've actually played with some former NFL players before, um, especially coming up in Chicago. And everyone is really excited about this. They get really pumped when they see young women out here making these amazing catches. It's all over ESPN. And people are really excited about the future of flag football, especially when it comes to young girls. So I think that we're going to have a really positive outcome this weekend. And of course, this week, the Pro Bowl games, right, is going to be capped off by a flag football game, which I think is pretty cool. Like I'm more inclined to want to watch the guys play flag football, the week long competitions, the skill stuff. Then you would another another game where it's just a little different. Nobody wants to get hurt. How much do you think they can build off that momentum? I think it's going to open up the eyes of a lot of naysayers. Um, you know, I love the fact that we have different opportunities for the youth, the young girls to come out and play like during the NFL games. And now that they're going to bring flag football to this massive stage during the Pro Bowl, a lot of people are really going to take interest in it. Hmm. Let me look into this a little bit more. Like, what is this flag football situation just about? It's just as entertaining the skill level is going to be, I think, broadened in that in that instance. And I'm just really, really, really pumped to see you know, what people are going to say after this Pro Bowl game. The competition, like you said, the competition, the skill, it, it's there. I know there's a, a lot of talk and a lot of parents are oftentimes concerned about their younger kids playing mm-hmm. tackle football. And I think this is a way to allow them to learn the sport learn uh, what it takes to be not not only competitive, but to be elite at that sport, but also at the same time, not that you don't get hurt. I tore my ACL playing flag football, so <laughs> things can happen, but it's, it, it's not as violent as tackle football right now and allows them to build their way up into that, to, tra- to transition over. Do you kind of see it that way? I think that flag football gives us the opportunity to really hone in on our skills and practice those skills, develop them and really engage in the sport in a different way, as opposed to tackle football. My little brother grew up playing tackle football. So I, I love the game of football, period, whether it's tackle flag, backyard games, whatever, whatever it is that pigskin, I love it. Um, (laughs) But this is just a different way that we're able to really focus on the skill set um, the very basic skill sets that young men and women will need if they want to go on to further levels in the game of football. Well, Micah, I really appreciate your time. You sharing with me a little bit. Is is there anything the 49ers are planning next year that you can talk about that you, you want to discuss or maybe preview? Um, there's so many things that we have coming up. Uh, we have our 49ers varsity, which is our pay to play, a really competitive co-ed flag football league, um, that we're going to really dive into more this upcoming season. We launched in the Bay area last year, and I think we're on track to serve about 2000 plus youth at this point. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that 
particular program is going to grow. We have more jamborees that are going to be scheduled for this upcoming season. So I'm looking forward to helping with the coaching staff on that one and uh, really just pushing all of our other initiatives to really engage our young women, especially, but all youth in that in that aspect. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I'm, I'm excited to get back out there Friday night and see my girls play yeah. another game. Good luck and congrats to both of your girls. Thank you. I appreciate that. Manning is a two-time Super Bowl MVP with the New York Giants. As I said earlier, he beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots both times. Eli does a great job along with his brother Peyton on the Manning cast. He's really good in all of his post-career work. He'll tell you how you can win Super Bowl tickets to next year's big game in Las Vegas. So listen up. Eli, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm great. I'm stranded in Philly. I'm trying to get out of here. So you, you know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds miserable. <laughs> well, you you were uh, I know you were at the Giants game. What was that? What was that experience like in front of those fans? Because the 49ers had experienced that uh, tenfold on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I I felt for the 49ers. It, it was a you know, it's always a unique uh, experience with those fans and um you know, I was obviously there, got my normal greeting, which they they have a way of doing. I was with my 11-year-old daughter, so she definitely saw some new gestures and, and, and got a few new vocabulary words added to, um, you know, to, to, to what she normally knew. And uh, I said, hey, whatever you, you hear and see in Philadelphia stays in Philadelphia. You can't bring that back to school. We don't need you getting expelled or anything. Well, uh, gr- growing up in the city before I moved, uh, I made that decision never never to go back there for a game with my daughter. So they've only been to a game in Tampa. They saw the Bucks. It was a much different, calmer atmosphere. But beyond that, Eli, as the Super Bowl matchup is now set, you have the Eagles against the Chiefs, the two number one seeds. It's been a while since two number one seeds have both been in the Super Bowl, five years. The path to get there has been it's been difficult. But here they are. You got a banged up quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. What did you see out of both teams on Sunday as they go into this matchup over the next two weeks? Yeah, uh, well, you know, start with Philadelphia. Just they, they, they've looked really good the last two weeks and they're playing great defense. They're getting after the quarterback. They're causing turnovers. They're not letting, you know, nothing is easy. And they're not, you know, every first down is well earned and they, they're doing a great job of being aggressive and, and, and disrupting the offenses. And then their offense is just, they're running the football and they're moving, they're moving the ball and they run it. Jalen runs it. He, he throws it when he does throw it. It's quick throws and it's getting out and it's RPOs. They'll take their shots down the field every once in a while, but it's just a really, good system and they're just they're running the clock it's methodical it's it's impressive to watch it's kind of old school football they run run it and play great defense uh with, with the chiefs um obviously with, you know starts with patrick mahomes and what it, what he was able to do on a bad ankle and some of the some of the throws he made on the run moving in the pocket uh the touchdown throw in the post uh, you know, while you're kind of moving up on one leg is, is pretty impressive. And then the last play where he's got, you know, runs and gets the first down, gets the late hit out of bounds to put him in field goal range. So this is a gutsy effort by him. And uh, and their defense did a great job of getting pressure on the quarterback, on Joe Burrow, and making his his day tough all, you know, all day. Yeah, you were through this. You went through it twice. You won both times. 
Do you recall your first Super Bowl trip, the, the weeks leading up to it? And if there's any advice that you would give someone like Jalen who hasn't been in the Super Bowl, he's been in big games in college, but not in the Super Bowl. We know Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, they've been there. They've gone through it. For Jalen, it, it's going to be a new NFL experience. What, what what would you say to him is important over the next two weeks as he gets ready? Because it's, it's going to be a different kind. You know, the media circus is what sure. it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just trying to understand or try to get everything all your preparation done this week and, you know, from the football side of it and the personal side, you're, you know, the tickets and hotels, who's coming to games, rounding all that up and making sure, you know, that's just kind of out of the way or, or you put a point man on that, whether it's a parent or a friend saying, Hey, you, you handle all this. I can't, I'm not, I don't have time to handle the, the texts and the requests and this and that, this is kind of what I got. And, and then also the preparation, because this is your, you you have one week where you're at home, you're in your own facility, you have all the access and, and the stuff you need to watch film and, and to get ready. Cause next week you're going to be in Arizona. You're taking buses to practice. You're, you're in a hotel room. The meeting rooms aren't, aren't all the same. You just don't have all your, all the things you normally have. And, and even though you're there, you still want to try to keep that normal routine. If you got a massage on a certain day or you got a workout on a certain day, or if you got went to dinner or ate certain meals on certain days, you've been doing the same thing, you know, for the last 20 weeks, 20 plus weeks. Uh, you want to keep that routine as, as normal as possible, even though you're in a new town. It's a big week for you. You're going up against Peyton in the Pro Bowl games. You're going to make your, your, your – I don't know. It's probably not your coaching debut. Do you coach uh, anybody, any of your kids or any other teams? Have you? Do you have experience? Well, I have been coaching uh, girls uh, third and fourth grade basketball for the last kind of four years. So I got, I got that working towards me. I think uh, – um, I think that'll get me very prepared. You know, I should be very patient and understanding of, of everything going on. So I'm excited. This is this is kind of big bragging rights. Uh, you know, really Peyton and I's first uh, coaching debut at this at this level. He has coached a little flag football uh, for his kid and a little tackle football this year uh, for for his 11 year old son. Um, and so. You know, it should be. I'm excited for. I'm excited for the flag football game. We, we've been. I've been putting the playbook together, trying to get plays. We basically have one practice, so you're trying to. Uh, how can I make this as simple and easy where these guys can play fast, get completions, and just let let the athletes show off their skills? And I think it should be a fun a fun game and a and a fun product to watch. Well, the Super Bowl matchup has two different personalities on the sidelines. Andy Reid's like the grandpa, the older veteran stoic coach. Uh, and then Nick Sirianni's the younger, somewhat obnoxious. He's mugging in front of the cameras. He's talking trash. What are you closer to? I, I think you would be a little bit more Andy Reid-like. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've you know, been around Andy. I was competed against him a ton when he was in Philadelphia and Kansas City. He coached me in a Pro Bowl one year. And uh, just has so much respect for him as a coach. It's his uh, his history and, and his track record at, as a coach, as an uh, offensive offensive coordinator, calling plays. It's his uh, creativity. So he's so much fun to watch. Has such great respect for him and everything uh, he, he's been able to accomplish. And so uh, you know, probably have know his track record a little bit more. So I think our personalities would match pretty well. Eli, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. I know you've partnered up with Quaker and uh, just give me a little bit about what you guys are doing and, and what we can expect. Yeah, excited to partner with Quaker to invite fans to share how they pre-grain 
before the big game for a chance to attend next year's Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So to uh, to enter the contest, uh, fans can head over to TikTok and follow at Quaker, and you can upload a video starting today until Super Bowl Sunday, February 12th, of your pre-graining video sharing how you uh, prepare with Quaker Oats uh, using the uh, the caption hashtag Quaker pre-grain hashtag entry. So make your video using Quaker Oats, upload it uh, to TikTok, and you get a chance to uh, go to the Super Bowl next year. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, two tickets to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, which is going to be, we're talking about a media circus this year in Arizona. That one's going to be wild. So for more information, fans can go to Quaker's TikTok page, as Eli just said, to upload their video and enter Quaker's free grain contest. I love that. Free grain contest. Eli, as always, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. A lot of fun. some final thoughts. Tom Brady's retirement hits home for me because my nine-year-old twin daughters started to like and play football because of Tom. They want to be like Tom when they're throwing that football around, want to be quarterbacks. It's really given us an opportunity for some super cool daddy-daughter bonding moments, and they're really ones that I'll never forget. I've mentioned before on this podcast in December, I finally took them to their first game, and it was that Monday night game against the Saints where the Buccaneers rallied from a 16-3 deficit in the fourth quarter. But beyond the football stuff, I got to see a side of Brady that struck me and his teammates and how they talked about his ability to relate to everyone in the locker room, even the younger guys, half his age. And we all saw the vulnerable human side. We know how tough this year was on him personally, but his love for his family, for his kids, it always shined through. So a bunch of times I would see him walking out of the stadium after games while I'm headed out on the the field level and he'd be walking alone, no security, no entourage. And he talked to whoever would come up to sometimes it's stadium employees, whoever it may be. And a few times I, I just chatted with him and told him about my girls playing football, shared some stories. And he appreciated that as a father, and the the cool part that one of my girls loved was when I showed him a picture of her dressed as him for Halloween, and he loved it. So that was really neat. But we were walking out together after the Panthers game when the Buccaneers clinched the NFC South. And in that game, he threw three deep touchdown passes to Mike Evans, over 400-plus yards, and his kids were waiting. And I saw this look of excitement. He was so excited about seeing his kids more than anything else he accomplished on the field that day. So for all of his football talent, we know he's the GOAT, his competitive nature, all those accomplishments, his work ethic, everything. For all of that, as a dad who loves my daughters more than anything in the world, I thought it was really cool to see Brady, the dad, up close and personal. That's it for this week. Thank you to Eli Manning and Mika Bell, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. (laughs) 